You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more. She seems just fine to me. No more. She should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join us tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. A new attempt is underway at the United Nations to gain Security Council approval for an independent investigation into allegations that the Syrian government is using chemical weapons. The United States, Britain and France, which bombed suspected chemical sites on Saturday, has circulated a draft resolution to other Security Council members, including Russia. The BBC's Chris Buckler has more. After a series of fiery sessions at the United Nations, the UK, the US and France are now working on another draft resolution. It calls for an independent investigation into the alleged chemical weapons attacks alongside humanitarian efforts, such as a line aid into Syria and the injured safe passage out. However, the resolution would need the support of Russia and its ambassador at the UN has accused the West of international hooliganism in its recent actions. The BBC's Chris Buckler reporting there. Inspectors on the chemical weapons watchdog, the OPCW, are in Syria this weekend investigating the alleged chemical weapons attack in the town of Douma. Russia is accusing the U.S., Britain, and France of carrying out the missile strikes in order to hamper the inspectors' work, but the U.S. says the group's mission is essential. In Central America, Guatemalans voting today in a referendum seen as a step to take the country's border issue with Belize 
to the International Court of Justice in The Hague. Guatemala claims more than half of Belize's territory, but as Maria Martin reports, there is still confusion among voters. Guatemala's government is spending over $4 million on the referendum. It asks voters whether they're in favor of the UN High Court's deciding the long-standing border dispute with Belize. But there's been some confusion as to what exactly is being voted on, and a high rate of absenteeism is predicted. Maria Martin reporting there. Boston is marking the fifth anniversary of the Marathon bombings. Five years ago today, two bombs exploded. As hundreds of runners were crossing the finish line. From member station WBUR, Alex Ashlock reports. Three spectators were killed and more than 260 people were injured. During a manhunt, one of the suspected bombers, Tamerlan Tsarnaev, was killed in a shootout with police. His brother, Jahar, was captured, convicted, and has been sentenced to death. People gather on the anniversary now to place wreaths at the two bombing sites. The city has also established one Boston Day to mark every April 15th. It's a day of neighborhood cleanups and other public service projects. This year, the anniversary of the bombings falls the day before the 122nd running of the Boston Marathon on Monday. A field of 30,000 runners will participate in the 26.2-mile foot race. For NPR News, I'm Alex Ashlock in Boston. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. Our military has positioned assets in the region. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs has informed me that we are prepared to strike whenever we choose. Moreover, the chairman has indicated to me that our capacity to execute this mission is not time sensitive. It will be effective tomorrow or next week or one month from now. And I'm prepared to give that order. But Having made my decision as Commander-in-Chief based on what I am convinced is our national security interests, I'm also mindful that I'm the President of the world's oldest constitutional democracy. I've long believed that our power is rooted not just in our military might, but in our example as a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that's why I've made a second decision. I will seek authorization for the use of force from the American people's representatives in Congress. Over the last several days, we've heard from members of Congress who want their voices to be heard. I absolutely agree. So this morning, I spoke with all four congressional leaders, and they've agreed to schedule a debate and then a vote as soon as Congress come back into session. And, and i got to say, I, I have mixed feelings on this topic, but the Desmond, the question that always comes immediately to mind with restoring the vote to felons is, America as a country does not trust you to carry a gun. So why would we trust you to choose the next president? Well, good, first of all, good evening, Tucker. Thank, thank you for having us on the show. Of course. You know, we're real excited about what's going on in Florida because it's a group of ordinary American citizens from all walks of life, from all political persuasions that believe in second chances, that believe in having a more inclusive democracy, that believes in, in just fairness. 
you know, and, and you, when you talk about America, you know, I'm reminded of George Bush, George W. Bush, when he said that America is a nation of second chances. And that when that door of prison opened, that we, society, should do everything it can to help facilitate a successful reentry because it's into society's best interest. It helps increase public safety, it increases contributors to the tax base, and it's all about fairness. This is a country of second okay. chances. Election 2018, 546 days away. That's 18 months. That's a long time. But politicians are always worried about the next election. As members of Congress, as they worry, they pay a lot of attention to one man here in Washington, veteran handicapper Charlie Cook of the Cook Political Report, who in the wake of the big House health care vote writes this. Analysts who have watched congressional elections for a long time are seeing signs that 2018 could be a wave election that flips control of the House to the Democrats. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is April 15th, 2018. You're tuned to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best, of course, like the man said, my name is Jake. Thank you for allowing us to come into your living rooms or wherever you listen to the show every Sunday. We appreciate the support, but I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to my family. First up, she's the host of a show called Transforming Detroit. She's the author of the book, Pregnant in the Spirit. And she's also the uh, uh, host of a show called The True Purpose Development Show. She's playing hurt. She's playing wounded. She's a hockey player. Let's say good morning to the very lovely doctor, Princess Adelia. Good morning, Doc. How are you doing? I'm well. Good morning. I'm, I'm, You're I'm, not I'm, well. I'm an amazing spirit. I'm amazing spirit. Yes, I'm always amazing. There you I'm go. Amazing. An amazing a hockey spirit. player. That's oh, right. No, she is wounded, right. but yes. she's here for you guys. That's right. Cowboy up. I tell you, I love it because when I'm sick, I keep my slippers on and I'm still drinking hot tea. But thank you so much for being here this morning. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, uh, the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Dr. Adelia. I am sorry that you are under the weather this morning. Hear me. Okay, and she's well. She's uh, yeah, I can hear you. She's uh, and she said thank you, Miss Kelly. Yes, I'm the uh, Doctor Princess Audelia Whisperer. She said thank. Oh, there she is. Okay. Uh, and good morning. He said he good wished- morning, Miss Kelly. <laughs> okay. So we're starting off with a bang. All right. Uh, our uh, dear friend, colleague Jerome Spree from SpreeRadio.net, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. So until then, we hold it down. Of course, the, our official texter, Johnny D, is in the house as well. We'll hear from him. him here, we, will we hear from him a little later? But until then, we'll hold it down. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You can get in. Uh, to have a conversation with us. If you don't like talking to us, you can always check us out. Go to the world-famous chat room, and you can put your thoughts there and listen to the show, or you can be on the move listening to the show through your portable device, or you can hang out on one of the social websites that we monitor throughout the course of the show. We'll be more than happy to get your comments in. have a lot to talk about this morning. You know, obviously, in the era of President Trump, I mean, good God, I remember 
you know, just four years ago, I was trying to, you know, we were trying to figure out things to talk about. Not anymore. Now we have to throw things on the uh, edit room floor, Mr. Elias, because, my goodness, we can't get everything in in the two hours that we're on the air. But let me tell you what's on the agenda for this morning. We're going to talk about what happened this week in Syria. We're going to talk about the bombings. And we're going to talk about how Republicans, and especially the president, continues to bring up this red line scenario that, quote-unquote, President Obama didn't take care of. We're going to dig into that. And we're going to tell you really what really happened and the reason why uh, that didn't, the bombing didn't take place when Assad had used chemical uh, agents against uh, his people back in the day. Also, we're going to talk about paying for, paying for crimes, but then you don't reap the full benefits of paying for your crimes. So we're going to talk about uh, what happened in 2016 for the 2016 elections. There were 6.7 million people who were ex-cons who were not allowed to vote. We're going to talk about that. Should ex-felons have the ability to vote? And if they did have the ability to vote, who would they vote for? And final, uh, the final set, as always, which should be the most controversial one or the one that would at least get the most conversation or the most interest, President Obama according to reports, will be heavily involved in the 2018 midterm elections. Does this help or hurt the Democrats? We'll have that conversation once again at number 347-850-1272. As I mentioned, let's get into the conversation. This past week, President Trump uh, and the Trump administration, uh, they bombed Syria because Syria had used chemical weapons on their people. And any time you watch video, Mr. Elias, of you know people frantically trying to Wash are what they call decompose, not decompose, but I can't think of the term. It's a military term. Decompress. Back in the day. Not decompress either. It's another term. Uh, when you go through and you try to wash off the chemical agents, it'll come to me as I continue to talk. But you go through the process of trying to uh, uh, get the contaminant off you. So they're trying to save these kids. It's a race against time. You can always tell what chemical agents have been used because people have this glassy-eyed stare. Uh, you know, in some cases, depending on the type of agent, people can dry land, drown. It's just a horrific situation. And to be perfectly honest with you, there's no place on any battlefield for chemical weapons. Uh, that being said, um, the, uh, uh, the the Syria government has continued to, to, to bomb and, and to bomb and use chemical agents against their people. Even last year when Donald Trump uh, launched the big bad bombing that only blew up a couple of roads, which they fixed like within a matter of 24 hours, uh, they have since then, um, including the last attack, has used chemical agents on their people at least six times, either six or seven times. So once again, this week we went after uh, the uh, – after the uh, uh, the after the the the, the, the uh, serial press, I mean, good God, uh, I'm trying to read something to talk at the same time. But we went after that administration, the regime. That's the word I was looking for. We went after the Assad regime because they continued to use chemical agents. And the very next day, they showed a video of the Syrian president just casually walking into his office with his briefcase as if nothing ever happened, which is almost flipping the middle finger at the United States of America. Now, one of the things that Donald Trump continues to talk about, Mr. Elias, is he talks about the red line. We all remember the red line that President Obama imposed back in 2013. He said if Assad uses chemical agents against his people, that's going to cross a red line, and military force will be used. And Donald Trump and every Republican, every person that supports Donald Trump, they continue to bring this up. Well, you know what, Obama, he blinked, he was weak, you know, whatever. 
What I want to do is I want to play a clip of what the president said. You heard it in the lead, but I want to play it again, just in case you're just joining us. I want to play what President Obama said back in 2013 when chemical attacks were used against the Syrian people, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. Our military has positioned assets in the region. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs has informed me that we are prepared to strike whenever we choose. Moreover, the chairman has indicated to me that our capacity to execute this mission is not time-sensitive. It will be effective tomorrow or next week or one month from now, and I'm prepared to give that order. But having made my decision as commander-in-chief based on what I am convinced is our national security interests, I'm also mindful that I'm the president of the world's oldest constitutional democracy. I've long believed that our power is rooted not just in our military might, but in our example as a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that's why I've made a second decision. I will seek authorization for the use of force from the American people's representatives in Congress. Online radio at its best. So now that's the difference between what happened back then versus what's happening now. Donald Trump did not get congressional approval, Mr. Elias. What type of ramifications will this have moving forward with the president just, you know, hey, you know, he's pissed off, he's mad, let me go bomb something up because I'm already mad at what's going on with the Comey and the Mueller investigation, the Mueller investigation. Your thoughts on what happened uh, this past Friday with us bombing uh, Syria? Well, you know, sir, man, he's a hypocrite. And the biggest form, because in 2013, he said, we will get, what will we get for bombing Syria besides more debt and possible long-term conflict? Obama needs con- congressional improvement, right? Now, this is what he said in 2013. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in 2018, he said, the perfect executed strike last night. Thank you to France and the United Kingdom from the, for their wisdom and power of their fine military could, could not have been a better result. Uh, result mission accomplished. Now, what is he gonna? What's gonna happen to him? Nothing is going to happen to him. You know why? Because uh, when when uh, we when George W. Bush had it had, had it passed, and I think it was twenty twenty oh two thousand eight when we got hit by okay. the uh, the towers. Nothing's gonna happen because he has as long as it's not gonna be a military conflict, and as long as he's chasing uh, what 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 the uh, uh, the oh god, I'm I'm drawing a blank. As long as he's chasing terrorists, he can bomb them. But he's he can't be into a military uh, uh, where where it's going to be a long term military uh, without installation, without without them uh, having um, without him having Congress approval. Congressional as approval. long as he's just yeah. yeah, as long as he's just going to to bomb them and get out of there, then yeah, he can get away with it. He's, nothing's going to happen. Well, to but him. that's not. See, that's not what the Constitution says. I mean, even though he's the commander-in-chief, the bottom line they, is, is that it says that Congress has the to law, be. Jay. They passed the law. I'm but, telling but, you right but, now, that's not, what, that's not what Congress is saying right now. Okay. Congress is saying that he was not authorized to do that without, without their approval. I mean, it, it's happening okay. right now. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome. is free from his free radio.net. What's going on, Jerome? How are you? Hey, I'm good, bro. How are you? Hey, man, just another day in the world of Trump. So now right. we're talking about what's going on here with the president authorizing 
bomb strikes without seeking uh, congressional approval. And Democrats are pissed. Now, some Republicans are talking behind the scenes as well, which but they're cowards. They'll talk behind closed doors, but then when the camera's on, they'll sit there and they'll you know they'll they'll uh, they'll recite the, the party allegiance to the president. But the bottom line is is that he's supposed to get Congress approval. Congress controls the purse. So why was it okay for him to do it? But then, like Mr. Elias mentioned, you know, back in 2013, he was putting out these texts. Uh, these tweets, I should say, saying, oh, President Obama has to get congressional approval. You know, there's no reason for him to do it. Why is this okay for him to do it now, but it wasn't okay for President Obama to do it back in the day? Which, by the way, he tried to do it. Congress said no. Your thoughts? Right. And so you're referring to the War Powers Act, right? So you have to go to Congress yeah. before, you, um, before we declare a, a war on another nation. You have to go to Congress, right? You cannot deploy troops unless it's an actual emergency, like Pearl Harbor, unless we get attacked. So the president does mm-hmm. not have that authority. What he does is he have, has authority from the 9-11 resolution that allows yep. him to go after terrorist cells and organizations like the Taliban or ISIS or whatever. So they've been using that, and they need to repeal it. Because what he did is he went after Syria. He went after a nation that is a member of the right. United Nations. Therefore, you need congressional approval to even strike a nation. Because what happens is that their allies, whether it's Iran or Russia or China, they have a right to defend their allies. Like we have a right to defend England or France or Canada. Right? So you're talking World War stuff when... You know, you you start randomly saying, I don't like this country, and we should bomb them. So the bigger point to be made generally is that we need to understand how that works with the War Powers Act, how the Constitution reads, because, or or just go back and study, like, World War I or II. Nobody knows who, you know, Archduke Fernand was. They don't know what even, they they don't even know he was, you know, what country it was. He was assassinated, Australia, um, or I'm sorry, Austria. He was, he was assassinated, brought in another country, which brought in another country, which had a world war. So you think those obscure things like bombing Syria is like something you could just walk away from. You, you know, you got another thing coming. You need to study history like Trump needs to study history. What he's doing is he's distracting from the stuff that's going on here domestically. Because now we need to start asking questions like, is it because Mueller's book came out? Is that is that why Com- that day was closing? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Comey's book came out. Is that the day, was that day chosen? Because, mm. um, you know, Trump has a, has a history of this, right? So Access Hollywood comes out, WikiLeaks comes out. Every time something comes out against them, we are in crisis. And so we need to be very critical and look at this with open eyes and not get sucked into some bombing um, in Syria because we think, like, oh, he bombed his own people. We don't give a rat about other countries because you're not going to let the tents in there, for one. Two, we bombed Syria as well, and we killed more than, like, 400 people. So he, 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 his chemical attacks probably killed a couple hundred we killed 400 in Syria. 
So is are, are they going to the U.S. talking about we need to bomb the U.S. because they killed some women and children? We did that in Iraq. We killed plenty of children in Iraq. And, and it, we bombed hospitals. Oops, well, my bad. And, and that fact, they should, they should say, hell, what about Flint, Michigan? They poisoned the children of Flint, Michigan. Exactly. That, that's children. They, you don't see them. In, I don't see England. I don't see France. I don't see Canada. I don't see any of the allies going, you know what, we really need to send some people into West Michigan. Like, we really need to right. do this. We, right. we need to start asking you know, Dr. more Prince. questions opposed to asking about political about military action because we know military is always political. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dr. Princess O'Dea, you know, we played at the top and I just played the clip from President Obama. You know, we talk about that red line. And, and, you know, what frustrates me the most, this reminds me of Benghazi. This reminds me of, you know, the uh, um, uh, uh, the stimulus package. You know, Republicans behind the scenes when the cameras are in front of them, they are screaming bloody murder, right? Mm. You know, so, you know, with, with Benghazi, oh, my God, you know, they failed to do this, that, and the other. But we always bring up on this show how they failed to uh, pass funding for extra security in our, uh, in our uh, uh, embassies worldwide. You know, they, 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 they talked about all this stuff with the stimulus package. Oh, the stimulus package is going to add this to the debt. We, didn't, we haven't even talked about the debt this year so far. But mind you, they talked about that, but then you found pictures of them holding up those big stimulus checks in their districts, you know, taking credit for it. You know, once again, they're two-faced bastards. Then you come back to what's going on here with Syria. Oh, my goodness, President Obama didn't do what he had to do. Congress didn't, appro- didn't approve it. They didn't approve it. Matter of fact, Bader said he's not even going to bring it to the floor for a vote. So when you have President Obama, now people can sit here and say maybe he shouldn't have said anything about the red line in the first place, but the bottom line is he wanted to go and bomb the boo-boo out of them, and Congress said no. But yet still Republicans are still the first thing that comes out of their mouth, and especially this president, oh, yeah, if if Obama would have done something about the quote-unquote red line, we wouldn't be in this mess in the first place. What say you? Well, a couple of things. First of all, um, him bombing a nation like like what um, we just heard—that is, he he went he went against Congress. Nobody seems to care. He did what he wanted to do. Nobody seems. To care. But it's something that Strong said, and, I, and he made you, the we have point. Some audio issues One of the things you're, that we, you're breaking up. Oh. Okay, we can oh, hear you sorry. now. Go ahead. Okay, Go ahead. let's. So it's just we really also need to pay attention to the timing of this. And like he said, when when some when we're against him and somebody says something about him, we have to look out for our lives because he just goes off and and he does something to try to divert the attention to something else, and he's, he's mentally ill. First of all, he's mentally ill, and for him to just do that, I think it was more so an emotional stunt than than him even caring so much. You know what I'm saying? It was more so I've got the power and I'm going to pull the trigger, and you know, look who's in charge, guys. You know, that's an issue. 
And yes, if Obama would have done something like this, even if he was even within boundary to do so, it it would have been oh, it would have just been up the biggest crime ever done in presidential history. But we have Trump here who I believe he does have everybody in their in their sphere. I'm telling you, I can't tonight for that interview. Really watching it I I, I thought it came on the other night. I, I was ready because I want to hear what has said. This is he should. Yeah. He doesn't care we, about we have, his own people. We have some uh, audio issues with 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 Princess Odia. Let's okay. Uh, let me see. Let me let me let me do that. Fix. Is that better? Is that better? That's hundred percent better. Go ahead and finish okay, your thought. Okay. Sorry. Yes. I'm just saying, and and for whatever you did not hear. In a nutshell, there's a couple of things that what Jerome had said that really triggered me um, and to me brings light again to the emotional, the mental sickness that our president has. And I believe that yeah. his, his stunt to pull the trigger is more so an emotional stunt than it is one of concern or political authorization or rights or anything. I, I don't think he cares. But it was an opportunity for for him to say, I'm the boss, and I can do this. Look at what I can do, and guys, leave me alone. You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's really a concern for us. It, it, it should be. Um, he doesn't care about the American people, let alone somebody else. Come on, let's keep it real. It has nothing to do with that. And yes, I agree President you, Barack Obama, yeah. they would have eaten, they would have eaten him alive if President Barack Obama would have even thought to do something like that, even if it was within boundary of any sort, there is they would have been all yeah. over him. <laughs> it would have been a done deal. You're absolutely correct about that. Oh, 347850 you listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, uh, online radio. And it's best. Jerome, man, go ahead and close us out on this topic, man. What say you? Give me, give me your final, final assessment of uh, what's going on here. What's, uh, what do you think? Uh, where do you think we're going to go from here? And if, you know, if, if uh, Shad uses more chemical weapons, do you think the strikes will be more? Would they go after the the military? I mean, what would they do? Because they, what they did basically was gave Russia enough time to get their people out the way. And what happens usually when things? go down, Russia gets a call saying, okay, look, this is what's going to happen. This is just a part of the agreement that we have, you know, because we don't want a world war. But what do you think, man? Close us out on this. What do you think? Uh, give me your final thoughts on this Syria bombing. They have, they have to give Russia a heads up because, you, again, we're talking about sovereign nations, right? So as Americans, right. you know, we get to be judgmental about what other people should be doing. Right? We did that in Iraq, and you see how that turned out. We did that in Libya. We see how that turned out. You cannot, if that nation is sovereign and they choose to live whatever way that nation chooses to live, you have no right to go in there. Because if we have a right to go in there, they have a right to come in here for what you've done to Flint, to what you've done to black people, even the putting radiation in Similac, all of those things, the, the Tuskegee experiment stuff, the things that have been done to the American people by their government, that means other governments should have come in here. Now, how do you feel about that when you talk about what somebody else's government is doing to them? We have to be conscious about what the um, 
how you, how the media kind of is playing this, um, how the president is using the media. Sorry, I rephrase that because I mean President Obama when I say that. When Trump uses the media to distract <laughs> from what's going on with his attorney, Michael Cohen, you have to realize what happened this week, that his offices got raided, that people are coming after his documents. Some say that he has audio tapes, and you know all that stuff is going to implicate Trump. And when that happens, they start doing other things. So Syria is a distraction. We cannot emphasize enough what kind of hornet's nest that is. You have in Syria, you have ISIS, you have the Taliban, you have Kurdish, you have um, Sunni and Shiite issues, you have Iran, Russia, um, and that's not even dealing with Syria as a government. We're talking about French British, United States, and militias from Russia and militias from other countries. All of those guys are fighting in the same country. That's what's going on in Syria. So there is no simple, like, once Assad gets, Assad gets out of there, it's all good. That's a very small yeah. aspect, and again, that's us telling them how to govern. There are some real other, right. there's some other issues, and if we do what we did in Iraq, by making an excuse saying Saddam had chemical weapons, so we went in, you're going to create the same hornet's nest. Because what you did in Iraq was take out the Shiite government, left the, or I'm sorry, take out the Sunnis, and you, Sunnis, put, yeah. you took out the Sunnis and you put in the, the government that has the minority in the country, which is giving Iran control of Iraq. Because they are all um, Shiites. So if you don't know the difference between yeah. Muslims, then technically you don't know what you're talking about when it really comes to Middle East. And I am telling you, I am kind of confused on some of this stuff because that's why President Obama was like, we are getting up out of here. They've been fighting for eons, and we don't have a say-so on who wins because whoever wins don't like us anyway. They're still going to fight us. And when we're bombing over there, you're creating more people to hate you than you are to like you. They're just warmongers, yeah, that's all I can tell you about that. Yeah. And, and what you're saying as far as giving, uh, you know, giving uh, ISIS and all those folks, you know, propaganda they yeah. send out to their members, uh, I mean, it's uh, ridiculous what's going on here. 347-850-1272. They don't like ISIS either. So you think, you know, right, the enemy of the, my enemy is my friend, right? The, the yeah. fact is that they're all fighting against ISIS. Russia don't like ISIS. Um, Syria does not like ISIS. We are there to fight yep. ISIS. But it, while, while we're there, we're backing a militia to overthrow somebody else's government. We did that in um, Libya, and we did, that, we, we did that in Syria. We sent the CIA in there. We created half of that mess that's in there now. Somebody needs yeah, to kind of tell the truth uh, on that. Yeah, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal all the way around. You know, I've never been a fan of us being the police of the world. I guess I can understand it, but it's just a ridiculous thing. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We need to step out. Let me read. Uh, the resident texter Johnny D has checked in. Let me read what he had to say. He says, "Unfortunately, do I'm sorry, Syria and the red line. I would I would be remiss in failing to acknowledge the leadership of the Trump administration in the attack." on the rogue government of Syria. Unfortunately, due to the lack of integrity of the Trump administration, the American people will never know the effectiveness of the strikes made by England, France, and the United States. 
As for the red line statement, President Obama should have engaged more to combat uh, Syria, Russia, North Korea, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Somalia, and corrupt law enforcement in America. However, he understood he can't fight wars on all fronts. During the time of his presidency, he saw the faces of death from a war in which he inherited from Bush. The Obama administration served its purpose in conflict and war. In regards to this administration, Trump should be warned to be humbled, seek diplomacy rather than supremacy. Several years ago, I read the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, and the parallels are frightening as America continues to attempt to pretend to serve as the moral standard in which a nation should be judged. If the American people fail to rally around a more inclusive and device nation, God's will must be done. He'll be talking about the final days. All right, in this week's edition of uh, In Four Minutes or Less, we're going to take a look at the stories of four ex-cons as they try to get voting rights back in the 2016 election. We'll have that conversation. Plus, that's our next topic that's coming up next. It's going to be interesting. All right, folks, it is time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, brought to you by the TGRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We'll talk to you after this. When I came to understand that I couldn't vote, I immediately investigated, and I discovered that I wasn't alone. Florida had over 1.54 million people who were just like me that couldn't vote. I have a feeling that the day I get my voting rights back, I'm probably going to cry. I was convicted of a felony in Florida, and I've lost my right to vote. I lost my right to vote before I ever had the right to vote as a teenager caught up in street gang life. I lost my rights due to a felony conviction and you have no voice. You have no way to uh, participate in the elections, possibly change the laws and policies that limit you. I initially grew up in the inner cities of Miami, drugs, crimes, violence. Grew up in a broken home. By the time I was 12, I was involved in the local street gangs and I was in and out of the juvenile detention centers. I was tried as an adult. And by the time I was 16, I was ultimately on my way to prison with a 30-year sentence and a ninth grade education. My aspirations as a child was to either be an attorney or to be a pilot. Somewhere along the line, I lost track of that. Got involved with drugs, and that led me down a very dark path. I have people in my family that can't vote, so I definitely want to support them. Well, please let them know that you signed a petition to support them. I sure will. Appreciate it. I was convicted in 2001, so I ended up only serving three years on a 15-year sentence, and eventually I became homeless. In 2005, I found myself standing in front of railroad tracks, waiting on a train to come so I could jump in front of it. The train didn't come that day. I was probably what you would consider an at-risk youth. I had a roommate that stole my identity. I pretty much kind of felt stuck, and I made a bad decision. 
I was convicted in 1999 for a felony drug charge. I was sentenced to 29 months in a federal prison, and that pretty much changed the rest of my life. <laughs> it took a while for me to realize when I lost my right to vote. I had no clue that civil rights were taken away, much less that they needed to be restored. When I was arrested, I wasn't even old enough to legally consume alcohol. I had no idea about the voting process, let alone what rights were taking from me. What I decided to do was to dedicate my life, not just to get my rights restored, but to get everyone their rights restored. I decided to enroll in college, end up graduating at the top of my class, and eventually I was accepted into law school, where I graduated in 2014 with my Juris Doctorate degree. I got my GED. I told myself if I ever got out of prison, I was going to pursue the dream of becoming an attorney one day and an advocate for the underdog. My goal was to be a public defender. I had applied to law school and they told me in order to sit for the bar, I would have to have my rights restored. So I applied in 2008 to have my rights restored in Florida. The process for me took about five years, but I know other people wait 10 to 15 years to get their rights restored. We are currently engaged in an effort to revise Florida's constitution that would allow for the automatic restoration of voting rights to an individual once they have served their time. Right now we're about 14,000 petitions shy of getting this report in the Florida Supreme Court. In four minutes or less, we're sponsored by the TGRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. When I left office in January, I asked of you the same thing I asked of you way back in 2008. I asked you to believe not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. When Michelle and I launched the Obama Foundation, we turned to you first. We wanted to hear your ideas and help you lift up good work that's already going on in your communities. We read your letters, your emails, and your submissions to Obama.org. I sat down with young people from Chicago to Berlin to Jakarta to hear directly from the future leaders we want to cultivate. And what makes me so hopeful, so optimistic, is that so many of you have shown up, dived in, and embraced the kind of active citizenship that makes our democracy work. Civic leaders like Sheldon Smith, a Chicagoan who works to instill young African-American dads like himself with the skills to be positive role models and responsible parents. Like Trisha Shetty, who started an organization in India aimed at helping victims of sexual abuse find resources and support online. And like Emily May, a New Yorker who's working to bridge divides by bringing people with diverse views together over the simple joys of a shared meal and honest conversation. One of the things you told us is how much you want to hear from one another, from folks who aren't like you, who live in different places, and are tackling unique challenges of their own. In the weeks and months ahead, we'll be kicking off more initiatives and opportunities for people like you to get involved with the Obama Foundation's mission. That mission is simple. We want to inspire and empower people to change the world. And we hope you'll be a part of it. Head over to Obama.org and join us in shaping our next chapter. Thanks a lot.
and I got to say, I, I have mixed feelings on this topic, but the, Desmond, the, the question that always comes immediately to mind with restoring the vote to felons is, America as a country does not trust you to carry a gun. So why would we trust you to choose the next president? Well, good, first of all, good evening, Tucker. Thank, us, thank you for having us on the show. Of course. You know, and we're real excited about what's going on in Florida because it's a group of ordinary American citizens from all walks of life, from all political persuasions that believe in second chances, that believe in having a more inclusive democracy, that believes in, in just fairness. You know, and, and you, when you talk about America, you know, I'm reminded of George Bush, George W. Bush, when he said that America is a nation of second chances. And that when that door of prison opened, that we, society, should do everything it can to help facilitate a successful reentry because it's into society's best interest. It helps increase public safety, it increases contributors to the tax base, and it's all about fairness. This is a country of second okay. chances. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's the best. And of course, as we do every week, let's check in with our director of social media outreach, the one and only Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I am doing well. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Rich Sister. Standing this morning, doing outstanding. Good morning. Who's all yours, girlfriend? Just reminding you again on the social media front, please feel free to, if you want more info about the show or if you would like to comment on the topics during the week, you can do that by emailing at SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Once again, SeriousSide at Outlook.com. And please feel free to join our social media pages. Like I said, all three pages now have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS radio. And all of the links are in the chat room. All right, Jackie, as always, we appreciate you hanging out with us if you can. All right, you heard us, uh, you heard the lead. Uh, you heard this morning's in four minutes or less. We're going to take a look at uh, convicted felons not having the ability to vote, and we're going to definitely focus our attention on Florida because back in 2016, uh, there were approximately 6.7 million ex-felons that were not allowed to vote in the presidential election. Now, 1.7 of those folks, 1.7 million, were in the state of Florida alone. So as of 2018, Florida is one of four states where convicted felons do not regain the right to vote until or unless a state officer or board restores an individual's right to vote. This felon voting law was a part of the original Florida Constitution of 1968. The state constitution active in 2018 as well as the state constitutions of 1885 and 1868. On February 1st, uh, U.S. District court judge by the name of Mark Walker ruled that Florida's process for the restoration of voting abilities for felons were, was unconstitutional, saying it violated the First Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. So now, Jerome, there's a reason why Republicans especially are against this. 
because they feel that not only would these folks be active and really be, you know, once again, be fired up and ready to go to get out here and exercise their constitutional right, but they also feel and know that most of these folks are people of color, and they would vote on the Democratic side. So I go back to a question I asked last week. We talk about prison being a place for people to, you know, rehabilitate. We want you to go there, pay your time for the crime that you committed. But then when you're done, you should be done. You wonder why people end up back in the criminal justice system, because when they are released, they are never looked at as an American citizen again. You're always this felon. You're always this person that we have to keep our eye on. You automatically stack the odds against folks who walk out of jail after serving whatever that sentence is. So, you know, once again, Jerome, we all know the reason for this, but the bottom line is, and this is one of the reasons why I call you one of the smartest men in the world, if not the smartest man in the world. That's my moniker. People can agree or disagree. When you look at this, what will it take for the four remaining states to get involved to change this? How can someone write in their state constitution that felons loses their right unless, you know, you got to go through this board to restore your rights and all this other nonsense. And in most, in most cases, they don't do it. Because, you know, we had a conversation last week about trying to get money for being wrongfully accused. Here's just another way of keeping the, man, keeping the brother down, keeping those guys down. What say you? Yeah, you know, it's, um, it is like watching the teachers strike across the country. And I know you're – probably wondering why is this a parallel and I just want to kind of point this out. If you yeah. look at <laughs> <I'm> what, <wondering. laughs> Well, look at yeah, please, here's please why I want together. to say that. If you if you look right. at the states that are protesting, right? Oklahoma, um New, New Mexico, um Arizona teachers now, um West West Virginia, and even the Kentucky teachers. They were all like conservative red states, right, where it had conservative governments, where they were taking money out of education and putting it someplace else and putting it into, right. you know, building private prisons. They were taking the resources from children and then using it to lock those children up when they become of age. So the process for conservative people were, hey, you know what, while we have control, if we restrict them as much as possible, when we lose control, then we won't have as much of a problem. It's like electing a lot of conservative judges. So when the, when the liberal people take back the country, the conservative judges will just keep striking down everything that they do. So they play, they're playing a long game because the people who are doing this stuff is the minority. The, the crazy folks, the, the conservative people, those are the minorities. So when they have power... They, met, they actually put stuff into law so that, um, so that it restricts your movement. Now, one of the conversations I had, you know, this was years ago, where someone said to me, who just got elected in office, that the law says this. And the person was an attorney. And I said, that's why people elected you. Go change the law. Don't tell me what the law is. 
we need to mm. understand that we need to change laws. So even the rules that Trump folks are changing inside the federal government, the EPA and all those other things, we need to be on task. The next person that decides to run for, for president, don't ask him what he thinks about the impeachment and Trump and all that other nonsense. You need to, we need to get on them to make sure that they change the laws to reflect the current climate that exists in America today, opposed to worrying about trying to restrict everybody's access, restricting people from voting, restricting people from, from clean water. You know, we need to get on task on the laws that need to be changed. So the people who are advocating the, um, for prisoners to have their voting rights restored is part of a bigger process to not have them vote at all because they don't want poor people voting. Remember before it was if you don't have any land or own any land, you shouldn't be able to vote. They always have it so that elitist people get to tell you what to do. Or people, if, if you're a citizen, you should be able to vote. So, you know, we need to stay on task. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm reading some of the messages here, and people are asking me about the four states, and the other three states are Iowa, Kentucky, and Virginia. Mr. Elias, I'm a little shocked by that because I've heard Terry McCullough, the former uh, governor of Virginia, go on record to say that people should, uh, you know, people should have their voting rights Reinstituted if once they've served, yeah, restored. That's the word I was looking for. Restored once they have uh, completed their time, uh, complete, you know, paid the the price for their crime. So I'm a little shocked to see Virginia on that list. So, uh, but what say you in regards to this topic? Well, you know, some Jay, do they have to pay taxes if they got when they got a job? See, that, I gotta you pay go. taxes. See, they, see, I, I like the way you taxes. did that. I like the way you did that. <laughs> I like the way you did that because we, you, well, okay, you know, we'll make sure that you do the things that we need you to do that's convenient for us. Oh, but mm-hmm. wait a minute, we're not going to restore all of your your functions back as being a citizen, but you're gonna pay those damn taxes. Go ahead, Mister Elias. I'm sorry for the interruption. Well, if, I mean, if you got to pay taxes, why don't you have the right to vote? I mean, bottom line, you know, because that actually what pays the politicians, isn't it? My tax dollars. That yep. pays the politicians, it pays the uh, the uh, police force, it pays the uh, roads and bridges, it pays everything. So if, if I got to pay taxes, why don't I have the right to vote? If I'm back in the society and I'm, I'm I'm being a productive citizen and I'm paying taxes, why do not I do not have the right to vote? That just makes no sense at all to me. It's crazy, but once again, that's the society we live in. Well, you know, Doctor Prince do you, but people can come back and say, well, wait a minute. Okay, if you're talking about giving them their their voting rights, no one's talking about giving them their gun rights back because in a, a lot of places, you know, convicted felons can no longer own a firearm. So if we're just going to be giving back, uh, you know, constitutional rights, why don't we just give them back their uh, right to carry a weapon or to own a gun? Well, first of all, I wanted to um, – I was just texting my friend – um, John Cromer, you can Google him. He was actually um, the man behind Michigan, the city of Detroit. Let's not say Michigan, but the city of Detroit taking the piece on the application um, regarding previous felonies or or whatever, so that people could have a second chance, so that people could actually move forward even just in terms of getting a job and not being put aside or denied before they even had a chance. I think it's really sad that um, 
people lose their rights, especially considering how unjust our judicial our judicial system is. The you know the the high probability that so many of the cases that are um, that are on file are not even legitimate and just period giving someone a second chance giving them you know stripping them of of their rights it it kind of that 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 brings down this this you know it it definitely imposes an issue of of the lack of self esteem um the lack of confidence and then what happens with that is you have people who go out and they continue to commit crimes because they feel they just they're not even they're not valid they're not um they're not complete they're not whole you're stripping them and so i i'm i'm definitely against whoever made that who made that up i i just it's sad and i am definitely for people having second chances and having a right to vote just because of their um what they've been through and whatever they've done in the past i don't think it really causes for there to be such an extreme penalty as to take their rights away. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two up. All right, so you know, so you know, going back to this whole thing with uh, felons having the ability to vote. Now, think about it for a second, Jerome. If the six point seven or eight. Approximately uh, felons who did not have the ability to vote Now, people can say what they want Who knows, maybe they wouldn't have registered to vote I can't imagine if I was a person in that situation That I would not just knock down Break every law to get to the polling uh, facilities and places Especially when you have politicians Especially on the Democratic side Who are really rooting and trying to push legislation through To get you your right To give you the opportunity to get your rights restored So you can go out and vote Think about that number, though. If those people were allowed to vote 2016, would we be having, would we be living this nightmare that we've been living for the last year and a half? Yeah, yeah, we probably would. I mean, I, I don't really? have that kind of confidence to to believe that um, that the the flaw that we keep missing in in this whole thing when it comes to that particular race is that Hillary Clinton was yeah. not liked. The Democratic Party yeah. need to need to understand why they lost, opposed to blaming it on anybody else but themselves. They had a bad candidate. That's why they lost. So the 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 Trump it's not even a phenomenon of Trump. The Trump issue has always been our ability to believe corrupt people. You know, and so it's like anybody who I. Like I said, who watches Fox News? I can't believe anybody still watches it till a day. But every now and then we come on this program, it's like, this is what they said on Fox. And I'm thinking, every time I hear that, if we know that something is corrupt, aren't we a part of the problem that feeds it? Right? They actually add to that discontent. So we have some responsibility as citizens to say, listen, once you know that something or someone is dishonest, when does it become your fault that they keep lying to you? Is if you keep accepting a lie, why is it their fault for telling it? And we have to kind of bear some responsibility. So when it comes down to it, like generally across the board, I always 
have to look back and say, not only do we need to watch things with a with a with some type of discernment, but we have to apply critical thinking skills. You need to know when to take something literal, when to infer, and when to evaluate because people are being deceptive. Trump has not said. Matter of fact, I did the story. He has the vocabulary of a doggone third grader, right? And so when I keep hearing people, especially politicians, come back and saying, he's speaking to the people who we're not talking to. So technically that small group of people that he's talking to, you're going to ignore the rest of us because you want to be like Trump. That is the wrong way to go. That is the wrong way for Democrats to go. Hell, that's the wrong way for Republicans to go. But they're such followers that we carry on the same mental illness forward because some, somehow some people find that entertaining. I don't find it entertaining. I don't find this conversation entertaining, for example. But we really need to talk about how we look at this stuff opposed to playing in to whatever um, adjective that someone likes to use when they talk about Trump. Cares. The dude is corrupt, immoral, unethical. Anything that you want to put out there, that's all true. Paul Ryan, unethical, immoral. I don't care what people say, well, he knows what he knows on policy. If that dude is a pedophile, he's a pedophile. So you don't call, I'm not talking about Paul Ryan. I'm saying generally, if somebody, if that's who they are, just call them that. Right? Don't say they make good ice cream. <laughs> right? We have to stop burying up under um, layers of nice niceties people who are going out there to hurt you. We need to be conscious of that. So, you know, my thoughts about it is always, you know, along the lines of understanding what people are trying to do to you and stop being nice to them because they're smiling at you. So if they're Republicans, we can't say to folks, hey, just because they're Republicans, we should listen to them. No, we shouldn't. If they are trying to still enslave you, damn them, too. Well, you know, it goes back to my statements when I was talking about, it, it kind of goes back to my statements when I was talking about Corker. You know, uh, you know, oh, everybody wanted to jump on his bandwagon when he voted with the Democrats, but then he showed who he is. You know, if he walks and quacks like a duck, Mr. Elias, they're a duck. But let me, I want to get your comment. Do you agree with Jerome? Uh, if we look at the 6.7, you know, approximately over 6 million ex-felons had the ability to vote in 2016, do, do you think it would have made a difference? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I do. I believe so. I, I think, to me, once you're in, 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 in jail in some instances, sometimes you become woke, man, to, to, to what's around you, depending on how you spend your time in jail. So I, I think it might have made a difference. May may have made a difference in Florida. You know? Yeah. Then again, you know, if, Sorry. if you're in jail and you become a better criminal, no, you're not yeah. going to vote. Usually, some people, some people, when they go to jail, they become woke. They, they actually use their time wisely. Some yeah. do, some don't. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, Elias, but the thing that I left out is that yes, you become you become smarter and woke to society and in um and systems, but I'm saying the more woke you would become wouldn't have made you like Hillary Clinton either. No, right? you're right about that. Because <laughs> the more you know about what they've done in Haiti and what the Clinton Foundation has done and the war on crime that Bill Clinton put in into effect and then Hillary's opposition about what Obama was doing just to side 
with the people who like Trump. If you, when, when you find that out, that's just more confusing. So the smarter you are, the more you realize how flawed she was. Right? You, could, you think Trump is dysfunctional and don't know anything and a narcissist. Clinton can hurt you by smoothing out everybody, by making them think that everything is okay when it's not. We know the we know the house is on fire with this dude. You might not know right. her. <laughs> so yeah, yeah can, can do a couple of things to you, but it does not make you happy with status quo. Sorry for interrupting. Absolutely, this guy is a that the nutball. No problem, Mr. Elias. You know we want to get out of here, uh, Doctor. Yeah, Great, uh, go ahead and finish your thought, Mr. Elias. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, I'm, I was done. I was done, most definitely. Okay, all right, all right. So, like Doctor Prisco, do you, Doctor Prisco, do I'm going to give you the last word in a sec. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to say, I, I know. I don't know. I don't really care if people feel the same way, but I. This is my point of it. A lot of times, you know, people go to jail for different reasons, and. There's another satisfactory to to any of us. Your audio is uh, not your audio is uh, jacked up, Doctor Prince Odia. Okay, um, let's see here. I'm gonna try to better. Okay, is that better? It's a lot better. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Comment. Yes, I, I'm just gonna say that I think that it's um, unfortunately, I know most people don't may not agree with this, but inside of prison, that institution causes for many people to go within and, and discover um, a, a new of them and to, to grow. A lot of growth and development is done in there. And at the same time, no, I do not believe that there's a good reform system, prison reform system that is um, that is set in place legitimately but on a personal level a lot of people come out with a different a, a different perspective and in many cases if you give them an opportunity a real opportunity for jobs a real opportunity um, as a citizen and leaving them with their rights they're already stripped of time they're stripped of, of many things and yes they've made choices that have put them there in, in many cases and in many cases not because of our judicial system we can't really trust that but at any rate I think that to take away a person's right to vote is definitely debilitating and it causes for there to be many more issues psychologically that that we all don't want and we're trying to get away from which is the crime that continues to happen as a result of the of those issues that they have. So I, I think it, it empowers them to give them the right to vote, to feel like they are a part and to make you know, to not make them feel like, well, you know, hell, my life is over anyways. I'm a felon. I can't vote. I can't do this. I might as well go and do this, that or the third. Is that what we want? No. So I, I think that um things can happen. I was telling you about a friend of mine, John Cromer, who um definitely he did something about it because he was in prison and he was put in prison even after he, he was put in jail after he was he had been released um, not legitimately 
and serve additional time. I don't want to cut you, Dr. Princess Nadine. We, yes. we, we are way over. Uh, so uh, why don't we, uh, okay, I'll let you ahead. finish your thoughts on the other side, but we are way, way over. All right. Before we get okay, out of here, let me ahead. read uh, our resident texters checked in, Johnny D. Uh, he says, as a member of the criminal justice system, oh, I just lost my power, I think. As a member of the, let me read this and I'll fix this later. Okay. As a member of the criminal justice system, uh, I support felons not being able to vote during a period of incarceration or supervision, probation, and parole. The efforts, the efforts being made towards reentry for the release of felons is being supported by a bipartisan body of legislators, law enforcement, business communities, and citizens. The Smart Sentencing Act implemented into law under the Obama administration continues to be successful. My colleagues and listeners, in this process, we can't lose perspective in what incarceration means. For every criminal act, there is a victim. And to lose your ability to vote during incarceration and supervision is a small price to pay for the victimization of communities and families caused by many incarcerated persons. I will say once the incarceration period and supervision period has ended, the ex-felons should have their voting privileges restored. Actually, well said. All right, 347-850-1272. We're going to step out, take a break here in a second here to uh, get to our third set. I know we're going over. I apologize. You know, it is my job to make sure that this show stays on point, and I am not doing a good job of that. All right, we'll step out and take a break. Coming up next... Obama in 2018. President Obama, according to reports, will be heavily involved in the 2018 midterm elections. Does this help or hurt the Dems? You know what my answer is, but we'll talk about it on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Round Show. We'll be right back after these, after this smooth jazz set. Man, I love it. Coming up next, Obama 2018. You're listening to the serious side. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. Mm-hmm. 
country. Election 2018, 546 days away. That's 18 months. That's a long time. But politicians are always worried about the next election. As members of Congress, as they worry, they pay a lot of attention to one man here in Washington, veteran handicapper Charlie Cook of the Cook Political Report, who in the wake of the big House health care vote writes this. Analysts who have watched congressional elections for a long time are seeing signs that 2018 could be a wave election that flips control of the House to the Democrats. Welcome back in 347-850-1270. you listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best to say good morning to a few people. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Dr. Princess Aldea, playing injured this morning. Good morning, Doc. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. To the smartest man in the world, I salute you, my main man, Mr. Jerome Street. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, bro. How you doing? Outstanding. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Mr. L.E.S., can we say hello to some people out there in the world-famous chat room? Yeah, we have uh, G Still Learning. We have a host of guests in there. St. Clem's in there. Rich Sister was in there. And Covina Man uh, was in there with us. Covina Man in the house. Man, I love that guy. One of our best supporters. Can't wait to hear what he has to say during Chatterbox, because not a Chatterbox goes by without Covina Man voicing his opinion. Let me say what's up to Andrew from West Texas. Roshana, what's happening from the land? Cleveland. Are they going to win today? We'll find out. The Reverend Pastor Stephen Jones is in the house. What's going on, sir? How are you? Oh, man, look at this. Uh... Mariana Music's in the house. What's up, girl? How you doing? Uh, Jeff's in the house. I knew you was going to say something. You know, see how Mr. L.E.S. is. Mariana, you got that effect, girl. Good morning to you. Of course, Johnny D's with us in the house as well, the resident texter. And, of course, we got a lot of people in. We'll read some of your comments, but we're strapped for time. This is going to be an abbreviated segment because we definitely have to get Jerome's segment in here. Full throttle, full 20 minutes. So let's get into this. All right, listen, 2018. President Obama said he's going to be active, according to his representatives, that is. He's going to be very active uh, in the midterm elections. But here's one thing that people are starting to bring up, and I've had this conversation with some of my friends. During his presidency, you know, President Obama lost over 1,000 seats. When you look at state and congressional seats throughout his presidency, throughout his presidency which, you know, that number is just outrageous. Now, we all know the reason for that. But, Mr. Elias, that being said, we know the temperament. We know the environment. Nothing has really changed. President Obama stepping out there in the 2018 midterms, does it hurt or does it help Democrats? It helps them. It helps them. Why? Right now, right Why? now, because, okay, you, okay, how many of you out there miss a president that, completed, that can complete a, a sentence that makes sense? <laughs> Well, that, that, I, you know what, Mr. I have to admit, man, uh, all the, you know, we've, we've had a lot of President Obama on this show this morning. You know, I, just listening to his words, it was a little bit of nostalgia during the first, you know, 90 minutes of the yes. show. But I'm sorry, go ahead and finish the comment. Uh, you know, how many of us, uh, we're going to, uh, you missed that. Somebody who's coherent, that speaks, you know, to, to that makes sense when they speak. You know, not, not, not sitting up there saying, 
It's going to be a great. It's going to be great. I'm going to pass the healthcare bill. That's going to be really great. I mean, it's going to be real great. It's the best thing ever. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. What? What is it? I don't know, but, but it's going to be great. But that exists. But, but Mr. Elias, that existed before. You, we talk about missing. Missing him is one thing, and we're mm-hmm. going to always miss him, his base, and things of that nature. But I mean, we. You know, a lot of people blame President Obama. For Donald Trump being in office, because a lot of people no. say, "Look, we didn't you want a third of You need to put the blame where it is. No, 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 Mr. Elias, that's a true statement. Now, whether you now you disagree with that, and I disagree with it as well. No. But there are people out there who say they didn't want another third Obama term. That's one, another reason why they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Right. She was a flawed candidate. There's no doubt about that. But a lot of people were like, "We don't want a third Obama term. We want okay. change." How was how was she a third Obama term when she was when she wasn't well, running on his ticket that, well, at first? And when she first well, started this deal, she go was running on his ticket. Wait a minute, uh, 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 uh. you go back and listen to a lot of his stump speeches. He said we want to continue what we started. Continue what we, we want to continue what we started. Okay, but when she first started this thing, did she? What did she say? I'm not going to be President Obama. I'm running my own thing. Come on, let's well, just be no, honest. She, she, Miss Elliot, she did. She did it. She came she on board later. Well, no, she did oh, well. not, Jay. Okay. She did break it. I know you, you want to play both sides. Yes, we're going to agree. It's great. You. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go she ahead. She embraced them. She was no, always like, oh, President Obama was like, oh, look at this. She had she to. Had to I know she had to. Yeah. Okay. That was later. Maybe it was later. We all knew, for those of us who voted for Obama, we all knew she. When she first came out and as she was going, she was not embracing Obama. And she was telling people on the stump that she's different, she's not him. There's things that he did that was wrong. I didn't fully support him over this. She was like, I was an adversary and speaking up. I mean, she pretty much got us in the list. She turned on TPP. You're right about that. So, mm-hmm. so is, we, can't, we can't, like, act like she was the choice of, of anybody. I mean, I don't think Obama liked her. It was just if you compare her in contrast to Trump, it's a whole nother story. Uh, Liking her is a whole different game. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, but yeah. so okay, but let me ask you this: So do you think by President Obama coming out and start and he's going to start stumping, going to stump for the you know during the 2018 midterms? Do you think mm-hmm. that's going to hurt or help the Dems? It always helps the Dems. The Dems are idiots for not understanding that before. They ran away from them. See, what, what, if we don't put it in context, right, and say during the midterm, Obama lost all of these seats. Well, if you don't remember, when the midterms came, they chose not to run with Obama. So Hold he Obama. respected Yeah, them. yeah, you're right. And he said, yeah, okay, I won't right. go out on the campaign stump, so people did not come out to vote for them. They were stupid for doing yeah, that. They that didn't guy, embrace Obamacare. You're right. He can still Blue dog feel, Democrats. He can still fill stadiums. If Obama went on a tour right now, he could put 60,000 in any stadium in this country. So don't tell me that they would have not done well with him. They chose not to because we're still talking about the conservative side of Democrats opposed to the conservative side. The Democrats were embracing conservative Republican issues and values, so they tried to bring that on the Democratic side. They said, we need the poor, disenfranchised co-workers union in the red states to support us. 
So damn all of the Democrats, we need to go for those guys who normally vote Republican. We do this every year. It's why the Democrats are flaky. If the Democrats did what the Republicans did this time, right, where Trump don't concern himself with nobody but Republicans, if Democrats did that, they would win easy. But they don't have it in them. They want the people. It's like loving somebody who don't love you. You're always mm. chasing a person that you can't have, and that's what the Democrats mm. normally do. But I want to tell you, in recent months, the Pennsylvania race that was in a uh, suburban um, um, Republican district, Obama campaigned for the dude who won, and Democrats has, has now yeah, him won and that. Uh, him and uh, uh, Attorney General. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, Eric Holder. Biden, Eric Holder, Holder. Holder. in the yeah. area too because he sued um, yeah. because they were trying to um, stifle voting rights. So you know he was there, Eric Holder. So you had Eric Holder, yeah. you had President Obama, and you had even Joe Biden coming in on robocalls and stuff. And you're tell- and that was in a conservative Republican area that they won. So the question of could they win with Obama? It's just some kind of talk show pundit issue with Obama because they're always chasing people who they can't have. Most people aren't that doggone mm-hmm. stupid. So, and Obama yeah, is not that. disliked. The Republicans don't like him, but no, he's not. Cares. No, no, he's not disliked. You're right about that. Dr. Prince let me ask you a question because I'm here. You know, I go to a lot of these, uh, which is starting to piss me off. I go to a few of the. Uh, uh, Democratic, uh, you know, they have this big thing talking about turning Texas blue. And, you know, and you get into these side conversations at these conferences, and, and I hear a lot of people say this, uh, which, you know, I have to argue, and uh, I invite them to listen to this show. But they'll say to me, well, you know, President Obama, he was good at running for president, but that was it. I mean, he, you know, he wasn't good at, at, at keeping his party up. He's lost the most seats to any other Democratic. You know, they start throwing all these numbers at me. And, you know, my responses are usually, you know, I go back and talk about the blue, blue, you know, the blue dog Democrats. I go back and bring up a lot of things. But some folks have it in their mind that, look, bottom line is he could get himself elected, but he couldn't carry the ticket with, say, you. Okay. Okay, so you said he couldn't get himself elected, but what's the what's the last part you said? That's not what I said. I said he could get himself elected. A lot of people said he could. He's good at running for president. His campaign is, you know, uh, second to none. But when it comes to getting the mm-hmm. down ticket folks, um, you know, voting into office, he wasn't good at that at all. What's your rebuttal to that? Our response, well, I should say. Well, okay, well. <sighs> He did what he had to do to get what he had to get done done, and um, what does that mean? I mean he <laughs> he did what he had to do for him himself. You know, yeah. I mean he responsibility itself first. It should be for all of us, but so you can you can't help anybody else. You help yourself. But anyway, he that was his responsibility. I think, was his I think um, for himself, but. I mean, and if you're talking about anything that has to do with what came after that, I don't that, think that was his approach, Dr. approach but, but when you make that comment, no, it's almost as if you're agreeing with what they were saying, which I disagree but this with. Is the but, thing. I mean, the bottom well, line. Well, this, you this go is ahead. the thing. Honestly, Clarify, some okay. stuff is just, re- it's just it's, it's rhetoric. It's just, be- it's just things that you are 
don't say you're better than, but you're just above. I mean, it was, he should have stayed out of anything that had to do with Trump in that first thing. I mean, you know, he had to remove himself. He should have. I mean, for what? what, I I wouldn't have had any. I, I, I mean, I would have done what I had to do as an American citizen to vote and to stand up and do what I have to do, but to, you know, I don't, I, I, hey, he did what he had to do for himself. That's what I'm going to leave it. All right. I'm going to leave okay, it at that. Well, I, I'm going to leave it at you. that. Okay, good. Well, there, we'll move on then. All right, listen, a few minutes we have left in the segment. Let, let me swing back around to, to you, Jerome. So uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, what what help he can provide to the party, a lot of party uh, elders are saying things like, well, wait a minute, we need a new face. Even President Obama said this. Look, he said, me being, a lot of folks want him to be out there stumping and doing these different things. President Obama even said, look, there needs to be a new face. You know, I can't run for president again. So, yeah, he could be an asset to Dems, but should some of these people who are considering running for president be more, you know, visible? People like, you know, and let me try not to gag, Cory Booker. Oh, man, I can't say that guy. You know, uh, Harris, you know, she's starting to, you know, make the talk show rounds. I'm not sure if I'm – I'm not sure how I feel about her either. And, of course, over reliable himself, Joe Biden. You know, he said he'll make his decision by the end of the year whether he's going to run. But all, all all indicators indicate that that's exactly what he's going to do. So he should. When you think about what President Obama said, I mean, should he? I mean, President Obama said President Obama is step wrong. Back. There needs to be new faces. Listen, he's wrong listen, about President that. President Obama is wrong. You can be humble all you want to, right? But President Obama is not old, right? He's not that dog no. old. Most people who no. run for president, it, he's still younger than them. So, so technically, <laughs> saying to you, you need to wake up and advocate for something. But this always happens to, and, and I'm mm. going to make this a race wow. issue where this technically isn't, but this always happens to mm. black folks. Where oh, I this is a black-on-black black crime? Like, watch it, Jerome. No, watch this it, is not black-on-black crime. This okay. is about All right, all right, okay. All right. So okay. It, we always get questions like, we, we need to move on. We need to bring some younger people in. Like, you know, we talk about millennial stuff, and, you know, those guys need to step up and do whatever. I am telling you that being smart is fine. Wisdom comes with age. And if you can't understand that you need good counsel, then technically you are always going to lose. You are never going to be smarter than your parents, even if you have a better education than them. Life experience gives them a little bit more of an edge on situations more than your book, more than your teacher and your test taking gave you. We need to be smarter, right? Wisdom comes with age. And we need to stop throwing people out like, you know what, they're too old to be here, we need to move on. The interesting side of the Democratic Party in saying that is that the blue dog Democrat or the conservative or, or, or um, yeah, the conservative people who are Democrats, they always wanted to move on. They they wanted to move on from Obama anyway, right? It was a contentious race when he ran against Hillary Clinton, so they didn't really want him. They had to suck it up because the wind was taken out of the room whenever he stepped in it. So they went along with the program, did not support him, right, did not 
the reason people think Obamacare is such a bad thing is because you didn't see them running around doing talk show um, circuit stuff saying um, we support Obamacare. They said, how come the president don't do it? How come the president's not helping the Democratic Party? Hell, the Democratic Party didn't help him. That was his own campaign committee. The parties have a different function. So stop putting that on President Obama to save the Democrats. He is a lobbying group now. You get him to support you so that but people you, who are supporting him support you. But you just said you. that he should be more active, Jerome. I mean, you can't have it both he ways. He's being more active in the community. You're talking about being okay. more active amongst other politicians, right? Yeah, that's what wrong I'm saying. Be yeah. to go tell another politician, I'm going to vouch for you, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's crazy. Because as an advocate, I am telling you I am not voting for you unless you have my concerns at heart. I'm not supporting you just because I was a Democrat or a Republican, right? We need to be smarter. And so with President Obama and Eric Holder from the group that they put together trying to restore people's voting rights is important, but yep. it's important to get people, more people into the process. And then when you talk about something separate like how do we get another candidate in there to run, Joe Biden, if he does not age out, and feels up to doing it, Joe Biden is a natural heir to President Obama because of his temperament and his knowledge and what he already has. The Democrats have a ready-made leader in somebody like Biden, but them fools are saying, we need a more inexperienced, new, fresh blood in it or do make their own mistakes. We need to undo He's going to be freaking, he's, he's going to be 70, but Jerome, he's going to be, what, 73 when it's time to run? Okay, you don't so, think we need to get younger? And so you don't exactly. think there was a lot of young people that were interns and that was working in the White House when Obama was there? Do you think there's not smart young people in this country? There are a ton of them. So I agree. you're telling me that if you put an administration together that you don't have young people doing the heavy lifting? Like, what are, what are you talking well, about? You're, you're talking saying about, he'll be more... Okay, I got it. Okay, I'm with you. You're, you're talking you're about more right. present than, than mm -hmm. power. Like, some people like presence. The reason that Obama did not have the corruption that these fools are having is because not only did he empower other people, he empowered them and was a good leader to say, look, if you do something wrong, I'm getting your butt out of here. So he oversaw it so they didn't feel the need to, to, to smash and grab while he was there. Trump can't, Trump can't even read from a doggone piece of paper. So, so technically, the they don't worry about him looking into the department and and, um, and overseeing Jack. They run amok like George mm -hmm. W. Bush with Cheney. You know, that was a joke with Cheney, right, that he was actually the president because, you know, Bush would just pretty much crash at about 730 and be like, hey, I'm out. You know, you got Trump not getting out of bed till about 11. What kind of nonsense is that? Obama. All right, right. So Obama ran his administration, and there are people who are functioning that can run an administration. So his age has nothing to do with him putting together a team that can actually get a job done. You you can't you know, be a quarterback and throw and catch the ball is the problem. No, I, I see what you're saying in regards to that. Uh, all right, Mr. Elias, let me give you the uh, the wrap up on this one, man, because we are uh, we are we're up against it. Well, bottom line, I think that you know. If the Republicans can embrace uh, the, uh, our President Obama, they they'll have a, they'll they'll have a, a, a better time in winning. 
than they would losing. Oh, well, that's uh, okay. There you go. All right, coming up next, uh, Chatterbox, a uh, uh, resident uh, texter has checked in. Johnny D, we'll read his comments during Chatterbox. Plus, we're here from you all. And just around the corner is on a need-to-know basis by the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. What's coming up next? Don't go nowhere. we still got 30 minutes left, folks. Keep it locked. Be right back after this. I 
Alright folks, welcome to Chatterbox Final thoughts from our uh, local From our chat room and from social media Mr. LES man What do you have this morning? Man, uh, I got Covina man and uh, St. Clint Covina man says Two weeks ago Israel was killing civilians The UN and has a resolution Considering condemning the murders However, the U.S. voted uh, uh, The USA voted the resolution a few, then a few days later, Syria Syrian kills civilians and they start bombing. And he said, Biden, uh, St. Clinton says, Biden needs to run for president with a young person like Camilla Harris or Cory Booker as VP. All right. Yeah. That sounds good. I like that. All right, listen. Uh, Mike from Miami said, there is, there is something... Okay, he said, this is nothing but divine intervention. I'm sorry, Mike. He said, this is my first time listening to your show, and you guys are talking about an issue that has had a profound effect on my family. My younger brother, Jeremy, is a convicted felon struggling to get back on his feet. He feels that society is forcing him back behind bars. He can't find a decent job. He can't vote to protect his self-interest. It is really hard out there for him, and as a family, we will continue to support him. As he navigates through this most difficult time of his life I wish that he could have heard this Well, you know what, Mike? Uh, he can uh, He can go back and listen to the show Usually 30 minutes after the show is over You can go back and listen to the, re- the rebroadcast So uh, we encourage you to uh, have Jeremy ch- check in and listen And we appreciate you listening for the first time Hopefully we met your standards And we wish you and your family well And especially young Jeremy's um, his path is trying to get back uh, To where he rightfully belongs He served his time He needs to be able to re-enter into society uh, Andrew from West Texas Long time listener here With all due respect to Mr. Spree I disagree with his comments on Fox News I think this is the perfect platform To expose the lies and deceit Of that network Of the network who were originally, Who were the original owners Of the moniker Fake News that's true, it was the original We used to call them fake news Versus what Donald Trump is doing And of course the pastors checked in Pastor Stephen Jones from Richmond, Texas The combination of the live commentary And your contributor Mr. John D Just confirms that the two hours I spend every Sunday Listening to this show is time well served God bless you all And speaking of which, John D has checked in He says, wow, it continues to amaze me With the words of condemnation and criticism Of American citizens by Mr. Esprit Nevertheless, the Democratic Party was invited to the road party to the roadmap to success during the election of the 2008. Of the, I'm sorry, during election year 2008, President Obama should be used as an attraction for the national races and not be baited into local politics of the day-to-day grind. Democrats need an agenda and a vision. Great show. And on that note, you know what time it is. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, you know what time it is. But before we do it, I'm going to have to listen to this on the road. My beautiful girls are doing a Sunday program at church. I got to get going, Mr. Elias. You got it. But let me introduce this show. My main man, it is time for On a Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome. It's free man. Jerome, man, what do you have? I'll be listening on the move. All right, Jay. Now, have a safe trip, man. Congratulations to the girls. 
Now, here's, here's the thing. I, I would, you know, although I didn't hear the last comment that was made, a lot of it, I do want to say to Mike, who, who talked about um, his brother, we've all had um, family or friends or somebody who we know who's been in that situation, can't get jobs. So the best thing to tell them is that, that they can still succeed through entrepreneurship. They may have to get um, some work through somebody who has their own business more than it is trying to put in an application or resume with someone else. Um, I know it's a hard process, but we have to overcome this. It's, it's a struggle, and it's a struggle on the family. Like I said, we've all been there. But, you know, stay, stay up and understand that we have to keep pushing. Don't give up. And that system is made for everybody to return, but you're not hopeless in this. It'll fade, and it'll get better. Hmm. Now, now I, I didn't... Um, you know, consumer prices rose 2.4% in March from a year earlier. It's a, um, it, it's a pretty fast pace in comparison um, to what it was um, 12 months ago. But at the same time, you know our GDP is probably the lowest that it's been you know, since Obama's been there. So when I hear people start talking stuff about the economy is doing great, and all of this mm-hmm. stuff is done. Just remember, what they're telling you is half the story. So our trade deficit right is at a nine-year high, for example. China is winning that tariff war. So our gap rose 1.6% to $57.6 billion, the highest since October of 2008. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, our stock market... You know, had the worst April April since the Great Depression. And so they, we need to understand that it's the worst second quarter kickoff. The S&P 500 plunged below its 200-day moving average. It's yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. Since, since 89 years ago. Since the Great Damn. Depression. So... Although you're like, yeah, people are employed and seeming happy. Don't let that stuff fool you. And, um, you know, again, as far as Fox News is concerned, I'm not really concerned about them per se. I meant listening to them for your news and information. You can watch them and see what they're talking about. But there is no way that I'm speaking about the vast majority of Americans because I believe that we're smart if we're giving proper information. We're being manipulated on the other side of that. So don't misconstrue my words about talking about my folks because technically that's me too. So I can't call Americans stupid and not talk about myself. I'm smarter than that. Now, Erica Campbell Burr, um, the Costa Rican economist, um, politician, author, is the first black person and the first woman to ever become the vice president in her country of Costa Rica, making her the first black woman to do it in Latin American history. So all over South America, they have never had a black woman. They've had Hispanic or European Hispanic women there. They've never had a (laughs) black person as vice president of any of those countries. And she won in a landslide. The the president-elect, Carlos... um, I guess is I can't remember what his last name is, but anyway, he won in a in a landslide victory, and um, she Erica um, Campbell Burr said that it will be 
a responsibility not only to represent people of African descent, but to represent all women and men in the country, a country that gives us the same opportunities. So much respect to her. I have faith in, uh, in the system of democracy. I don't have faith in the people who manipulate democracy. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a big up to her. Um, you know, the biggest Black Lives Matter page on Facebook is fake, and it's raking in more than $100,000 run by a white Australian man. His really? McKay, yes. He's a white union boss from Australia and has been revealed to be behind the most popular Black Lives Matter page in Facebook, and he pocketed the, doma- the, the donations that's meant to fight racism in America. Damn. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it never <laughs> seems amazing. It, it's like when, you know, a ch- children get killed in a shooting or, uh, or somebody's dog gets run over and people build these fake pages and take money from them. I don't understand, folks. That's you, you got to be a dirty, a dirty dog to do something I, like that, man. I can understand and rat and talk about a lot of things. I cannot talk about that. I don't know why people feel like that, and they know what they're doing. Yeah. Now, wow. Yeah. Now the U.S. Um, attorney behind uh, Michael, uh, the U.S. attorney behind Michael Cohen raid, you know, uh, Trump attorney. The guy who, who raided him in the Southern District, he was an appointee by Trump. He gave $5,400 to Trump and was a law partner of Rudy Giuliani. And wow. Trump has laughed <laughs> out at Robert Mueller, who is a Republican. He's at, at uh, Rod, um, what is his name, Go, um, Goldstein, Silverstein. And mm-hmm. he's a Republican. And... They are all freaking out like the Democrats have something to do with this. This is not even Democratic fight. This is exactly what a of corrupt people will do. Now, I'm not I don't saying, get that. Yeah. It, it, remember, though, when, um, when uh, who was Secretary of State under Obama after Clinton? It was. He ran for uh, oh, what's his name? I'm sorry. Um, cheese, cheese, cheese air. Carrie, yeah. Carrie, yeah. Not the, 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 yeah, the Heinz uh, ketchup air. Yeah, yeah. That's why, that, I'm sorry. We're thinking about his wife's family, but I thought about yeah. the ketchup people too. But it was yeah. John. So John, John Carrie, yeah. John Carrie goes to Vietnam. He saves some people's lives. Get, he's a decorated soldier, like decorated. Yeah. And when he ran for office. The guy, he was a, yeah. had, the guy who got deferments because he was too scared to go to war, they yep. made it look like John Kerry wasn't patriotic. Yep. I couldn't believe that one. That, so that is that is my point with what they're doing now, talking about Mueller and, and um, you know, all of those guys at the, in the FBI. They're mostly conservative Republicans. Yep. They're acting like they're Democrats. So you know Democrats can't have a chance. Imagine if somebody was actually Democratic in that piece. <laughs> no. I don't. I, I, I don't kidding there, that. man. You are not kidding there. That is crazy. I imagine. I can't imagine. Me now, either. Uh, now, 
a JetBlue flight attendant who ran from security after ditching 60 pounds of cocaine at LEX, she is to be free from jail despite her mandatory 10-year sentence. Really? I saw this story. Yeah, she was sentenced to time served after she pled guilty last year to conspiracy um, to possession and to distribute cocaine. So what happened was, I can tell this one, he didn't, um, first of all, they didn't have it, she didn't have it on her. So she may have had it near her, but it wasn't on her. But once she confessed, then they can reduce her sentence. But they convicted her, which means you can be convicted of something just because you're standing near it. And she got more time for standing near it than she would have convicted um, from saying that it was hers. So she said it was hers. That's really? most of the jail. Yeah. They said, if you just say it's yours, we'll give you, we'll give you two years. But if you don't, we're going to convict you and give you 30. Wow. Yeah. So that's <laughs> pretty much what happened. Now, I, I, um, I don't remember. Did, did we talk about Saturday Night Live last time? Um, no, we didn't. Uh, nope. No, we didn't. Uh, so, Kevin Bozeman, who played um, King T'Chaka, uh, T'Challa, I can't remember him and his father, T'Challa and the Marvel powerhouse movie Black Panther was on um, was on Saturday Night Live last week uh, hosting. So one of the things I meant to send this to Jay so he could have played this as a clip from one of the breaks, but they played Black Jeopardy on <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Really? So if if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube, look at Saturday Night Live, Black Jeopardy. So Bozeman who was struggling to get on the board because he was playing this guy from who runs Wakanda on Black Jeopardy. The category for the round was, um, was grown, a, um, all hell no, nah, Fenda and girl <laughs> by, and, and I ain't got it. And the other category was uh, white people, but they didn't really hit that category. So when he picked um, Fenda, or he picked up, all uh, I, I guess it was Fenda was what he picked. He was asked, you know, why your cable bill is in your grandmama's name, right? <laughs> again, these are jokes, people. So he incorrectly answered, in honor to, to honor your grandmother as the foundation of your family is why you put it in your grandmother's <laughs> <laughs> which, which was wrong on Black Jeopardy, right? Leslie Jones got it correct. But he, when he asked the question about white folks, the question was, your friend Karen brings her potato salad to your cookout, <laughs> and, um, and he hit the buzzer, and he says, you know, I think I'm getting the hang of this. I have given this question some thought before I answer. Is Karen Caucasian? Because we can assume that. And he said that he has her own recipe for t- potato salad, so... I'm going to say that she's going to add something unnecessary like raisins. So I'm going to say, oh, I'm paraphrasing, but he said it's unnecessary. So Black Jeopardy on um, Saturday Night Live was hilarious. Go check it out. I'm sorry to go. I'm about to check that out, man. But it was was pretty hilarious. Now, now, BET has announced that it's doubling down on its scripted programming in 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 an in-depth interview with The Hollywood Reporter. The news network said that Scott Mills revealed that the network has gone um, 
three straight series orders with a half-hour comedy reboot of Eddie Murphy's Boomerang, which I thought was interesting with a half-hour show on Boomerang. That could really? be funny. And a comedy called Preach, Peach Tree Place, produced by Will Packer, and a 10-episode <clears throat> drama, American Soul, inspired by Soul Train mastermind Don Cornelius. Now, you're going to have a sitcom, a half-hour sitcom about Soul Train. I am interested. <laughs> <laughs> really? I really didn't see that. I'm, I'm anxious to see that one myself, man. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's going to be nuts. <laughs> Soul Train should have been a reality show. This should give us a reality show, Soul Train. Really? Oh, that might have worked a little bit different. <laughs> but that, it's interesting to see that, so sorry for indulging me in my entertainment. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I have Julie Brisman, um, the woman who was caught flipping off their president in a motorcade, it, she was mm-hmm. caught in a, in a photograph last year, um, has sued her former employer for firing her, claiming that it violated her free speech. So flipping anybody the bird, technically when you're not working and you're not wearing their logo on your back, you're not the property of your con- of your company. So she's right. doing them, but she should. You can't tell somebody not to do something. Now, hours after Florida Rick Governor, uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott asked the federal court to delay in creating a new voting rights restoration process for former felons, the U.S. District Court Judge Mark Walker responded with a strongly worded denial. So the only reason that Rick Scott is going to sign this is because he can't stop it from happening. So they're going to restore new voting rights, a new voting uh, restoration process for former felons um, hmm. in Florida, regardless of what Rick Scott said. And now Rick Scott is running for Senate, and he's going to say that he was supporting it, I'm sure, <laughs> because he couldn't of stop course. it before. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Now, 15 attorneys... Attorney Generals and the city of Chicago sued the Environmental Protection Agency, accusing it of failing to control um, methane emissions from existing oil and gas operations. So while the EPA is still trying to break stuff up, they are saying, forget it. We are suing you. So 15 attorney generals across the country is suing them. So I just wanted to make sure we put that out as well. Good. Yep. Yeah, so that we know that somebody is working. Yeah, really. You know. Um, let's see. I, I don't want to go over time. Am I close? Yeah, you, yeah give, me, give me two more, Jerome. Okay. Now, um, you know, Spike Lee's um, Black Klansman uh, movie is styled as Black with uh, K. Klansman. <laughs> K.K. Klansman. <laughs> has released, it has a release date. It's August 10th, 2018. And the official description for the movie is... Um, uh, from a visionary director, Spike Lee, comes a provocative story based on Ron Stallworth's real life, real life in Colorado Springs as the first African-American police officer who went undercover to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. So Black wow. Man is telling Detective Stallworth's story about him and his partner, um, Flip Zimmerman, who penetrated the KKK at the highest level to, um, to break up an attempt to take over the city. Wow. Okay. Oh, by the way, that's produced by Academy Award-winning uh, Get Out producer Jordan Pill. So okay. not only is Spike Lee there, Jordan Pill's gonna put a spin in this probably. 
Okay. Take no prisoners. There you go. Oh, All right. The film will be released just two days before the one-year anniversary of Charlottesville. Wow. Right, okay. Really quickly, really quickly, a ferocious bear turned on a group of snowmobilers after they were baiting it while it was in hibernation. So oh, in Russia, God. footage of the, base of the bear chasing them down, and luckily, the snowmobile was fast enough to outrun it, but it was coming. Oh, wow. <laughs> leave, leave that alone. It's the boy next door. Thank you. Wow. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> when you hibernate, let him hibernate. Leave him alone, man. <laughs> Just leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> Some people wow. won't learn. They, no, they won't. They uh, will not learn. That is just crazy, man, for them to do that, man. All right, folks. We've come to the part of the show where it's the end of the show, folks. And we're going to give our final thoughts. And that being said, ladies are first. Dr. Dia, you're up first. Awesome, awesome. Um, great show today, again. And some really sensitive t- topics that we discussed. I just want to say that I b- still believe the transformation it is, though, for all of us, for our president, um, for our communities, for the youth around the world. And I know that there is hope for change. Um, I want to just invite everyone to remember to write your vision, but also get involved in your legislation so that you can be um, a contributor to the change in your community. And my prayers go out to those in Syria, and also my prayers go out to those who have been incarcerated formerly and have been faced with the challenge of reinventing their life, if you would, as they have been Um, put back in society with oftentimes not all of the tools that they need. So my prayers are with you. Uh, Visit me online at bountifulgroup.com and also everyone have a wonderful and fantastic week. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ojeya. Jerome, you're up. Yes, sir. I want to say much respect to, I think it was Kavina Man who brought this up because I forgot it and I meant to bring it up during the segment, but Israel is committing all of these human rights atrocities and killing people like crazy, but we go bomb Syria. Keep yeah. your eye on the prize and make sure you pay attention because nobody is responsible for what you know. You're responsible for knowing that something is missing. So everybody mm. have a good weekend and understand just tune in and and, and tune out of mess. You tune in to... <laughs> To love and to out a mess. So there you go. There you go. There you go. And I, I like to reiterate what you just said, Jerome. Look, this president is doing what he wants to do. He he's he's under fire because of the Comey book. So what does he do? He creates a he creates a diversion. And people are, are talking about this instead of the Comey book. Well, trust me, Comey will be out this week on different shows to sell his book. So he's not going anywhere. And uh, from what from what I from what I've seen of the book, <laughs> he's he's saying nothing different than anybody else has said about this president. So all you Trump supporters, open your eyes and, and actually do what you're supposed to do and get this clown out of office. And Jerome, with that being said, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it for, my friend? All right, it's time for the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. So for me, Jay Ryle, Jerome Esprit, and Dr. D. and Rich Sister, we bid you adieu.